Praise God. God is good, amen? Well, praise God. I've got some exciting news to tell you. Um, this afternoon, uh, we closed the deal on uh, a piece of property in Kenya. And, uh, well, I, I, I'll, let me finish that. I, 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 we committed to it. We've got it surveyed. They're surveying it right now. And the final papers will be signed Monday is what's supposed to take place. So y'all keep praying that nothing gets in the way. But God blessed us. You know how sometimes when you really think you've got something figured out, there was a piece of property right behind the church. And that's the one we were trying to get. And the man had committed to sell it to us for 65000 and then uh, reneged and turned around and sold it for another person to, for 90000 And uh, we looked at a second piece, and then we went to try to get it done. And then they, it, it, same reason, couldn't get done. And then just right down from the church, a piece of property that nobody had ever really looked at and paid any attention to, because it, it was three times larger than the original piece that we were looking at. And so we had never looked at it because we just thought, you know, the prices and everything. So they went in there and talked to them, and they're selling it to us for only a third more than we would have paid for the, the small piece. And so I committed the dollars to it and said, go get it done, get it bought, get it in there, jump on it right now, throw some money in their face, do whatever you got to do, make the cut or something, blood brothers, or do something so that this gets to be ours. And so praise God. So then, you know, we're going to have some more expenses coming up. We're going to build the kitchen. We're estimating ten or 15000 to build the kitchen. We'll have to do a block wall around it to make some uh, protection for it like that. That'll probably cost us another, I don't know, fifteen, twenty thousand. We're just kind of guessing at to put the block wall up, and then we'll be pumping 1,000 kids a day through there feeding them. Amen? So it's a big deal. I mean, I'm excited about it. We see all those kids come through. They get blessed, get talked to about Jesus, get preached to, ministered to food to them, and, you know, glory, right in the middle of the slums of the city. So praise God for that. Amen? So I'm excited about that. Praise God. And uh, so just shortly, just shortly, we've got to get all this COVID junk out of the way. It's affecting all of them, too. Things are business, and things are just messed up. We've got to get rid of this stuff in the name of Jesus. But let me go share a word with you tonight. So get your Bibles out. And go, if you would, to back to Psalms 23. <clears throat> I have something else I want to show you all from Sunday's message. As I told you, Sunday, I, I was, couldn't go to sleep the other night, and I was laying in bed, and whenever I can't go to sleep, I start quoting the, the 23rd Psalms. And, you know, it's one of those Psalms you know. And, and as I was going through it and quoting it and just taking it line by line, you know, I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, and, and then I just stop and say, Lord, I just thank you that you're watching over my life, my family, you know, whatever. And I just go through like this, making a prayer out of it. You know, and, uh, you make me lie down in green pastures. Thank you for green pastures. Everybody likes green pastures, you know. Lord, it sure is dry. I guess we ought, you need some rain, Lord, you know. And so, you know, you kind of start chasing rabbit trails and you're doing things like this. And, and then he says, and then he lead me beside the still waters. Lord, you restore my soul. Thank you for restoring my soul. And then I, but I miss the next verse. And I went right into, yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I stopped and said, wait, 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 I missed the verse there. And so I started back over and I went through there and, and the verse that I kept missing was, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so then I kept saying it, you know, so that's right. You lead me in the paths of righteousness. You lead me in the paths of righteousness. So I went to say it again, quote it again. And I said, 
the Lord is my righteousness, I shall not want. And when I said that, I thought, I said, no, no, that's not right. You know, it's a, it's shepherd. Then I said, the Lord is my righteousness, I shall not want. And I said, no, it's a shepherd. Quit saying that. The Lord is my righteousness, I shall not want. And then the Holy Spirit said, I'm trying to show you something. That shepherd and righteousness could be interchanged here because if you're on a path of righteousness, it's going to shepherd you. It's going to keep you in the, the path you're supposed to be. If you're walking in a righteous path, it will shepherd your life. It will guard your life. It will protect your life. It will lead you. It'll take you to the best places because you're walking in a path of righteousness. Amen. Yeah. And so I just kept mulling on all of that and then preached it Sunday and I, I can't get off of it. It's like stuck in my craw that I, that, that America has to be on a path of righteousness. But if America chooses not to go on a path of righteousness, that doesn't make, that doesn't give us an excuse. We're Christians. We're born again. We love Jesus, right? And our greatest desire in life should be to walk in a path of righteousness. Amen? And you don't know what it's going to look like all the time. You don't know how God's going to lead you. But you can't walk in a path of righteousness unless you're staying in the Word. All right? I mean, I, I, this is old school right here. But you've you got to have the Word because how are you going to know what's the path of righteousness unless you walk in the Word? A friend of mine that uh, uh, went to school with me, I haven't seen since uh, 1978, uh, got hold of me the other day, called me on the phone and said, I just wanted you to know, you know, I listen to you on the radio broadcast, listen to Corpus, listen to the radio broadcast all the time, listen to the, maybe watching this program right now. And so he said, hey, you know, I just, I, I'm saved, love Jesus, you know, and I'm like, man, you know, who would ever thought that we'd ended up like this? Because we haven't seen each other and both of us are pretty good hooligans and so... Uh, He's like, yeah, if anybody ever said, to, you know, back then that you would have been a preacher, nobody in the world would have believed it. And I said, yeah, I know it. But, you know, I got on a path of righteousness. I fell in love with Jesus and I got on a path of righteousness. And this is where it led me. Just like in his life, he started following Jesus and loving the Lord. And it led him to him with his life and his family. The path of righteousness will lead you and guide you whether you really realize you're even on it or not. It'll begin to guide you. It'll begin to shear you up over here and shear you up over here and keep you. And you'll start ending up in places that you didn't even realize. Why am I here? What am I doing? What's going on here? Why am I listening? To that? Why did I watch that message? Or why did I read that book? Or, or why did I go down there? Why did I take that job? Why did my job stop over here? Sometimes we think things that happen, just like us trying to buy that piece of property. Obviously, it seemed to me that was the best piece of property is right out the back door of the church. But there was one just a short ways down the road that's three times bigger. It's what you're probably going to need. Right? But I can only see that. How many times in life have we lost a job? Something's happened. Something's come up. You know, you were late. You were this or that or the other. And you don't even know what the path of righteousness kept you from or led you in. Right? Or you walked in a store. You didn't know why you were there. And so what, what I want to get into is God is always trying to lead us. He's always trying to guide us. He's always trying to direct us. But are we participating? See, there's no reason why we should just bumble into it, right? There's no reason why we should just trip and fall. We should be following the path of righteousness by the voice of the Holy Spirit and his illumination leading us. I was thinking about Dr. Brown's message here. I don't know how many long ago it's been when he talked about mindfulness and that, you know, that terminology mindfulness is really just is a term of walking in the spirit. How many times that we're not mindful? Hello? Hello? We're all caught up in the craziness of the world. Now, it's easy nowadays. You know, I don't know that, 
I mean, I'm not that old. Holy cow, I'm not that old. My beard may look old, but I'm not that old. But I'm telling you, in my life, I've never walked through so many distractions as you have now. There is distractions at every corner of every lunatic, crazy thing going on in the world. And if you're a person who watches the news or anything like that, I mean, I don't know how you live. Because if you watch the news very often, you're just so bombarded with everything going on. You're trying to make, oh, my gosh, what about this? Oh, my gosh, what about that? What about this? What about that? You know, there's no way you can walk following the Holy Spirit because of all the distractions that are going on. Plus, then just staying busy in life and, and, and life being so busy in our phones and computers and, you know, everything that's around us is just so time zapping, so taking us off the path of righteousness, if you allow it. Or it can be a great blessing to you. Like I looked up things about the message tonight on the phone today. You know what I'm saying? So there's positive things and there's negative. But you've got to stay in this state of being mindful or you're not going to Walk in the path of righteousness or you're going to be bumbling down it on both sides of the road. So I guess you could take away from this message. If I stopped right now and I said, amen, let's pray and go home. You could say, well, you know, bumbling down the road is better than not being on the road at all. If you just kind of bumbled and stumbled around and finally ended up falling through the gates of heaven, I guess, you know, well, glory to God. Right. You made it. But I just think God has a better plan for us right now. And I know that when the enemy comes in, well, the Holy Spirit, like a flood, wants to lift up a standard and stop. So we, the Holy Spirit's trying to do something right now. He's trying to do something right now in our lives that's not something that we're familiar with because we've not walked in this place before. All right. You say, well, what is it, Pastor? Tell me, tell me, tell me so I won't miss it. I'm not real sure. I just know that, you know. The Holy Spirit's trying to do something. I feel it down on the inside of me. I feel it that he's trying to, to, to get us to do something. Because, see, man always messes things up. Let's just think about this for a minute. After the Azusa Street Revival in the early 1900s and the different, the different uh, charismatic ministries that carried on from there, well, then everybody started putting, say, okay, this is the way it's got to be. Everybody comes to the front. We're going to lay hands on everybody. They're slain in the spirit. We need catchers. No, catchers came on after. They used to slay them like cordwood. Okay, and then they said, "Well, somebody might hit their head, and then we'd get sued." So we know we had catchers, and so then you had to, you know, had to institute the holy catchers to catch the people before they hit the ground. And so then, you know, we, we start man starts getting there, and starts moving, and said, "Well, you know, it's got kind of messy over here, so let's change this up and let's do it a different way." And we start trying to organize the things of God, right? I never forget one time when I'm meeting in Botswana, Africa. Uh, we were preaching, and man, the Spirit of God just moved in there, and just, poof, man, it was like a wind just came in there, and people just fell out like cardboard, and they fell all over the top of each other, and I was like, this can't be good. I mean, I was so concerned with what was happening, although I knew it was God, but I was so concerned, like, oh, Lord, look, that man's laying over there, and it looks like his leg's under the other one, and I mean, we need to do something, and so I never forget, I was like, I was so concerned with it, and I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't move on. I felt like I can't, I can't do anything else because, I mean, we've got to do something. I mean, folks, we can't just be laying on top of each other like this, and so I said something, got to, told the, the, the pastor, I said, get some ushers and do this, and so the minute I looked over there, and they just were carrying people out. One had both of their feet, and the other one had the both of their hands, and they're just swinging them out, and they're stacking them up. 
over, get the next one and stack them up over there. And they're just pitching them and stacking them because well, I said, that's worse than before. Stop. Just, this is good. You know, because and then I, the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't you just leave it alone? Let me just take care of everything. And I'm like, I guess so, Lord. But I, I mean, it looks kind of messy to me. In fact, we're going to have more orderly flow to this, Lord, right? So the point is, is what we don't know what's coming down the road. We don't know how it's all going to look. But man gets involved in it. So man gets involved. Oh, this is the way the gifts of the spirit are going to operate. This is the way we need to do this. This is the way you need to have a prayer line. This is the way you need to do this. this is but I'm just telling you, Holy Spirit's want to do something different. And so because it's different, I don't know what it looks like. I've never seen it. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I've got a little bit of apprehension because I, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit. But it, it's just, it's going to be different because we're not used to it, right? And so... The main thing is God wants to get man out of the way because we're the ones that mess everything up. We're the ones that mess everything up. We're the ones that saying, oh, God, you can't do that or you can't do this. You know, it's got to be done this way or that way. But God wants to lead us in paths of righteousness for his. You know what it says? His namesake. Not for your namesake. I heard a preacher say this the other day, and it really struck me funny that how much the church has preached on helping you find your purpose, okay? Books have been written, all these things have been about you finding your purpose in life. You've got to be purpose-driven purpose, purpose churches, purpose this, purpose that, you finding your purpose. But has anybody ever stopped to realize that it's not any of our purpose, it's all his purpose? It's like, it's the purpose, it's Jesus's purpose. It's him, not us. But we again turn it around. God's trying to do something. We try to turn around. The thing I want to do is stay out of the way. My prayer is like the prayer that I've, I've, I've written up on these little cards and given to y'all before is, you know, man, I want to be a vessel of his spirit, hands and do his work and a mouth to speak his word. And I want to get out of the way. Right. I just want to be, advance his kingdom, not my kingdom, not the kingdom of Living Waters Church, not the kingdom of what God does in South Texas. I want to do I want the kingdom of God advanced. Right. Well, I think God's about to do something different. I think he's trying to get us onto a path of righteousness, but it may look like something you've not ever seen before. Okay? Now, let me show you something. Go now to Psalms 107. Psalms 107. I'll just pick it up in verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Now, isn't it interesting that they never cried out to the Lord until they became hungry and thirsty and desolate? Wow, are we stupid or what? I was reading in just my daily reading about uh, Aaron and, and, and Miriam talking about Moses because he had an Ethiopian wife and leprosy came on her. What are you talking about? You're talking about they just built a temple, tabernacle, set it up out there, and there is a glory fire sitting on top of it. And then it picks up and it moves. And then they follow it and they set the tabernacle up. This is not like they didn't know anything. You're talking about when you walk out, oh, out of your tent in the morning, oh, you yawn and look at that. Yeah, glory clouds there. 
and that wasn't enough to get you to shut your mouth? You became so accustomed and used to the glory fire sitting over the tabernacle that you would go over there and talk bad about Moses, a man who God says, <clears throat> let me explain something. He doesn't just hear my voice. He sees my form. But they became so accustomed to this. Well, Christians have become so accustomed to it because everybody's got a cross. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong or don't women don't take your neck, cross necklaces off right now. I'm just simply saying everybody's got a necklace, a cross necklace. That doesn't make you a Christian. Hello? My point is, is that, that we become so familiar with the things of God that when, you know, that, that they became so accustomed to it that they just spoke evil about Moses and she was struck with leprosy. So Moses, he goes over there, intercedes for her. Right? Good old Moses. He intercedes, Lord, can he heal her? And the Lord says, yeah, I will. But in seven days, there's got to be some restoration or restitution for what she's done. So send her outside the camp for seven days. Let her sit out there and think about what she did. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, let her sit out there and watch some skin falling off. Since she turned completely leprous, why? Well, would like she got a spot. See, she turned completely leprous white. Kind of took the starch out of her skirt, didn't it? <laughs> Let her sit out there for seven days. But she kept her mouth shut after that. Or Moses said, look. Or Aaron was like, she said, oh, God, what was I about to say? God said, let's put her out there. Let her just sit out there for seven days. So, you know, I don't know what's going on in America right now, but I'm saying maybe we need to be seven days outside the camp. Debate going on the other night. I had to watch it. And I was just hoping to let somebody just struck lepers wide or something would happen or, you know, everybody starts speaking in tongues. Couldn't say anything. You know, something. I mean, it didn't happen, but, you know, they spoke in tongues, but it wasn't what I was talking about. <laughs> But you follow what I'm saying here, church? But even though what's going on in, outside the camp or what's going on in America right now, that, doesn't, that should not affect our righteousness or our walk with the Lord. And if it does start affecting our walk with the Lord, well, then something's up. We, we, we've got to watch what we're doing. And so I'm going to start this message, and I'm going to carry it on and on, and on through Sunday because we've got to be following the Holy Spirit sharply. But we can't follow the Holy Spirit sharply unless we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so some of us that have been old Pentecostals for years and years and years, you know, maybe it's time that, that that 10 minutes you take praying in tongues is really not cutting it anymore. Maybe you need to blow some dust off something and try something a little different. Hello? Or maybe follow what God's trying to say that you need to be doing. This afternoon I was sitting there and, you know, of course, it's easy to get in the presence of God now that the temperature is not 110 <laughs> Hello? I mean, I'm sorry. I just truly is. I mean, you know, it's hard for me to go sit outside and worship the Lord when there's sweat pouring off of me and I can't breathe. Amen. I'm like, Lord, because I can't quit praying about the temperature changing. <laughs> but now when you sit out there and it's like the birds are chirping, it's like heaven has come to earth. Amen. I, mean, don't, I mean, isn't this funny that even at 90, it feels like heaven has come to earth compared to when it was 104, 5, 6? And the Holy Spirit has said to me, you know, if people would just do this, which made me start thinking back about Dr. Brown's message about being mindful, just if they would just do this every day, just sit here in my presence and just listen for me, oh, what I could do in their lives. 
oh, what I could do in their lives. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But people kind of hard-headed. They're kind of like these people. They're going to wait till they're hungry and thirsty and destitute before they're going to turn to God and cry out. So maybe the revival that, that, that we're talking about and what's coming on the face of the earth is people finally, either maybe they're at that place and they get hungry and they start crying out. God start answering them. Or maybe they're coming to the end of the ropes. I don't know, you know. But I just know that I, I know where I want to be, right? I sat there today and I just closed my eyes and I started dreaming about children in Kenya. I started dreaming about all these little kids coming and just hearing about Jesus and, and, and being fed that maybe they just came because they were hungry at first, but then they just kept coming. And then, uh, then you know, if Jesus tarries, that a nation could be changed by children, you know, coming in there every day to be fed and to be touched and blessed. And then somebody became the president of Kenya or, you know, whatever, or doctors and lawyers and whatever else that they, you know, would aspire to be in life. And, 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 and a whole world could be changed and no longer would it be called the slums of, of Nukuru. It would be called, you know, the holy place of Nukuru. Because I guarantee you what, God starts falling, it changes everything around. And the slum is no longer a slum because the presence of God is there. How many children in Guatemala have we already seen that have gotten out of the dumps? Yeah, literally, the dumps. They were living in trash heaps in, in the piles of trash of Guatemala City and that were been brought to the orphanage and now are living beautiful lives. A little girl that was on the, the, the picture Sunday uh, that, that Tracy was showing you came out of the dumps and her whole life changed. Now she's just there praising Jesus. Her whole life's changed. Why? Because the presence of God came in her life. Folks, that's the path of righteousness. You know, you can see the path of righteousness, and sometimes it's real easy to see when you're talking about living in a trash heap and then even living at Casa Angelina, right? It's easy to look at the before and after pictures. But so many people are, are, in America are, are living, you know, in, in you know, good incomes and, and, and good houses and good health care and whatever. And, you know, so you look at them and they don't look like they're unhappy. Right? Until you really get to know them. But my point is, the path of righteousness will lead us and guide us. And the path of righteousness right now is being propelled by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to follow the path of righteousness. You're not going to be in tune with the things of what God is doing and what's going on. Amen? So now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is kind of where I want to take us, and then um, we'll probably pick this back up on Sunday. I say that, you know, may all be in heaven by Sunday. Now, the Apostle Paul's speaking here. I'm reading verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And he said, I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. But I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now look at this. He says two things here. He says it came, it's a demonstration of the spirit and of power. He separated it. A demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, you know, what we need is a demonstration of the Spirit. 
Well, to me, the demonstration of the spirit is God on y'all's lives in your everyday life going around that people look at you and say, why are they different? And when somebody stops to ask you, why are they different? You say, well, I'll tell you. Have a relationship with Jesus. You know, every, every day I go have coffee with Jesus. Sit down and talk to him. Holy Spirit comes in there and talks to me. We have this, I want to stay on the path of righteousness, and I'm really seeking him, and God's just blessing me and telling me what's going on and helping me out and keeping me out of potholes. Hello? And then power, then that means your prayers going forth and out. You start seeing everything happening. You know, like, I'll be honest with you. What I, you know, the things like I ask the Holy Spirit for in, in a demonstration of power is I really don't want to have to get an organized prayer line and anoint everybody with oil and, and go through a prayer line to see people be healed. I really want to just pass by them and my shadow fell on them and they'd be healed. That's a whole lot more Holy Ghost than me laying hands on them. Hello? Or you took your mask off and spit flew out and it hit somebody and they got healed. I mean, how about that one? <laughs> I mean, you can't have a blowing ministry where you blow on somebody. He said, you know, and then blow on them and empower them with the Holy Spirit. You can't do that anymore. Get corona. All right. Let me get off that. Verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, a hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this world of this age knew, for if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord. But it is written, I has not seen or ears heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So if you just listen to that, if you stop right there, that sounds sad, like, oh, wait. We can't, I, I can't see it, my ear can't hear it, it can't really enter into my heart what God's got prepared for me. But look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So the answers of everything you're seeking and searching for in life is there in the spirit. It's on the path of righteousness that he's got you on. It's just a matter of quit listening to the wisdom of the world and start listening to the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I always like to tell on myself. This afternoon, I was working on a project for my son in the in the electronic shop there at the business, and 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 I was making this thing, and it's a bunch of wires, and it's just really complicated, and and it, I, I don't like it anyway, and so I'm always kind of angry when I'm doing it because I don't like messing with it. And, but I got to do it. And so, you know, I was messing with these wires and I still get this wire over here and get this thing over here. Everything's got to be precise and just exact. And the wire has to be just the right length. And sometimes I cut them too short and have to do it again. So, you know, it's a... and so I put this thing all together, got it done, plugged it into the battery, turned on, didn't work. So it's like, <sighs> okay. And so then I thought, well, maybe I wired it wrong. So I'm looking back, I look at the wire. Okay, yellow goes over here and white's over here and runs over here and black's over here and the green's over here. And then I checked the other unit, so I thought, well, maybe, maybe the battery's not good. So I took the battery off and put it over on the other unit, turned on, click, 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 it worked. I was like, hmm. okay, so something else. And so I look at it, and so finally I said, you know, let's just go eat lunch. Let's just forget it. Let's go eat lunch. So I just left the house, went and ate lunch. And the whole time I'm just kind of praying about it, saying, come on, Holy Spirit, what, tell me what, what's wrong. 
And for some reason, instead of it being the voice of the Holy Spirit, I kept hearing my dad in my head. And he always said to me, my dad used to always say to me, always check the simplest thing first. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, what's the simplest thing? And I already checked the battery. Battery's good, you know. And so anyway, so then I go back up at the shop, side attack of the speed. So I decided I would have patience and I would be mindful and I would look over the whole situation. So I guess I got it wrong somewhere. You're going to have to retrain me in my mindfulness. And so I decided I'm going to have patience. I'm going to do this. And so I'll just tear it all apart and start over. So I did. And I started taking all the bolts out, took all the deals off, put it all off. And I thought, well, maybe this, this one part's not any good and it should be another part. And so I went and got the other part, put it all back in there, get it all back in there, put it back in there. Nothing. So I'm just like, oh, man. You know, I'm the kind of person that gets tense right here in my neck. And so I'm just always stretching my neck. And I was like, oh, God. So I tried it one more time, and that time when I touched the negative cable on the battery, it just fell off in my hand. And I was like, it was, I did all of this, and it was this stupid negative cable here. <laughs> and then as plain as day, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I was trying to tell you, just check the simplest thing. Why didn't you just check the connection right there? And I was like, well, can we get a little louder or a little clearer here? I mean, I, I mean, really? Really? You know, really? But that's such a simple thing. But what if it's something that's a major thing in life? Hello? And that's what I'm saying to us, is that we will need to have a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We need to have that in our lives at all times. So what I want to do is try to help you get there. To where you're following that and you're, you're, you're finding that place of mindfulness taking to a place of power. Okay? So that as a church, we can move forward in the power of God that he wants to do in the demonstration at this time of life. Because I believe it. Amen? And I believe that y'all are not just, you know, bumps on a log that happen to, you know, line up here at Living Waters Church. Okay? I, I believe that y'all are God-ordained people that are here leaders in, in, in this revolution of what God's going to do. I believe that no matter what you think of yourself, I believe with all of my heart that God and myself think that you have a vital, important plan and part of what's going on in these last days. Amen. Why utopia? Why us? I don't know. I can't tell you that. But it's you. All right. So let me leave you with this. All right. I want to just challenge you. I want to I want to challenge you that if you've grown into a place of everything that you do with God is a habit, you know, you just read your Bible, you do your thing, you do this, you say your prayers, you go through your list, you go through this. Blah, 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 blah. I just want to ask you to stop. Not not everything, but just stop and ask the Holy Spirit, are you on the right path? Are you, are you, or what you're doing is the right path. Is that what's feeding your soul? Is that the, are you on the right path? Now, if you don't hear a check, you don't hear a on the inside of you, you don't have something else fall down in front of your face, well, then keep doing what you're doing, all right? I'm telling you, my, my, my whole uh, principle about following the Holy Spirit is I keep doing what I'm doing until he tells me to do something different. All right? 
because I'm going to keep going on with him. So I'm going to keep reading my Bible like I always have. Right. And then sometimes I'll be, you know, you know, never know. The Holy Spirit will say, OK, go ahead and read what you did today. But I want you to read the book of John. Or before you go to bed tonight, I want you to stop and I want you to meditate on Psalms 23. Or I want you to meditate on, you know, Psalm 62 or, or Psalms 42. Or I want you to meditate on this. I want you to go through this. I want you to, you know, take an inventory. Oh, by the way, I want you to stop doing that. Amen? Stop doing that. And then, you know, just keep following on. Just keep taking those feet. Just keep moving forward, moving forward, moving forward down that path of righteousness. And you may be kind of like a, you know, a pinball machine. You may be bouncing off the rubber pads on the side a little bit, but that's okay. You'll get lined out. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Let me pray for you. Everybody out there watching, man, I just want to tell you, man, God's right there with you. And grab hold of this prayer if you want to from your heart. If you don't, I guess you can just shut me off. But if you want to sing on, I want you to grab hold of this. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray over everyone in here and everyone out there over the broadcast. I just declare, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, that we are going to be saints that follow your pathway that you have laid out for us, Lord, in a demonstration and power of your spirit. Lord, I declare that Living Waters Church is a church that seeks after your face, your kingdom, not our kingdom. And I declare, Lord God, that in our lives, we want to advance the kingdom of God on the face of this earth. And we want to do it, Lord God, in a, by a demonstration of the power of the, of the spirit and of power. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to speak to them. Holy Ghost, just speak to them more than they've ever heard before. Let their everything that's going on in their lives be so exact because the distractions are going to stop. And we're going to follow this path of righteousness laid out before us. So, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it, Lord God. I ask you to bless the people tonight. Bless their giving. Bless their tithes. Bless their offerings. Bless their business. Lord, and everything that they're doing. And I just declare, Jesus, you are our financier. You are our king. And you're going to lead us and guide us in the right path. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. And I thank you for it, Lord, right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.